You're listening to DraftKings Network. Tonight on The Cool Games, we talk about the madness of USA against Mexico. USA winning Nations League. A whole new tournament. We had to make a whole new tournament to, to, to win the whole thing. And with the madness of Comerable. And we'll see where is Messi going to end up. That's right. Plus, we talked to Abby Greensfelder, who produced LFG, an incredible uh, documentary following all of the ladies of the national team as they fight for equal pay. That and more today on the Cooligans! Yo, it's me, Dave Vianich here, and I've been hanging out with the Cooligans, having a nice, and I hope you've been having a nice too. <laughs> He's back, baby. Wow, what a save. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you uh, deserve the call. You deserve the yell, okay? We're, we're, it was, bring, we're who bringing are the it back. have done the yell, by the way? It's me, you, and the head coach of the Puerto Rican national team, <laughs> Dave Sarakin. Those are the three people yes, who have done uh, that yell. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Cooligans. My name is Christian Polanco. I'm Alexis Guerrero. We are your favorite stand-up comedians that host the funniest soccer show right here on Football Sports Network. That's right. Also happens to be the gulliest. It also happens to be the most Horvat. That also happens to be the <laughs> most winning of a 3D printed trophy. <laughs> yes, everybody has said this is the Horvathiest episode right? uh, of, <laughs> of the show. We're just relating to you what the streets are saying. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, we have so much to discuss today. We also have an incredible guest, a uh, producer of LFG, the new documentary that will be uh, uh, a premiering at the Tribeca Film Festival and available on HBO Max. Uh, the, the the documentary about the equal pay fight for the U.S. Women's National Team. Uh, Abby Greensfelder will be joining us uh, just a little later. Uh, but let's, uh, I mean, where to begin? Because a, a lot, you know, some, once in a while I wonder, you know, uh, you know, off seasons, you know, the European off season. Some people don't really love international soccer. You know, they're like, oh, that I seems like a European thing. It's a we European. Love it. We, we love it here. <laughs> We're is, like, can we get more of this? <laughs> when it, in the United States, that is that is our bread and butter, right? Because that is a, a lot of people. That's how they get introduced to soccer to to begin with. Right. So we have to start with the U.S. men's national team winning stuff. Well, so first what? of all, there's so much here. Let's start with the U.S. won a final uh-huh. with this current modern crop of players uh-huh. against Mexico in a final with head coach of Tata Martino, which I was very loud about the fact that we didn't even interview him. And he went yeah. to Mexico and it was against their modern crop of players. So it yeah. was new era versus new era. And who won the U.S.? Yes, and if uh, I mean, let's we have to, we haven't gotten a, 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 the opportunity until now to really take a deep dive on what happened in this game because two, I mean, there were uh, errors from uh, early errors from Mark McKenzie. We the right. U.S. gave up a goal in playing the out first of the back. Minutes was for the what was it seven minutes? Seven no, minutes in one. Oh, that's it right. Was it was one in, minute between the first and second. I minute. was watching. and I was like. <laughs> Are we gonna? I mean, are we gonna do this the whole damn time? <laughs> and by the way, that was Zach Steffen. You heard me yell Horvath. 
he got injured. He had to get. I mean, there was so many, so many things that happened. I do want to talk about the fans throwing stuff on the field. And I know people were saying that a lot of stuff was going back and forth. There was a build the wall chant at one point against the Mexican fans. The Mexican fans got in trouble for. Was that in the, not in this game? Yeah, no, that in was this in this particular. game. I, I don't oh, think it was okay. like that a is- big group of fans, but I think some of them. I mean, you can't okay. you can't be like who'd you vote for when you walk into the game. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can't be like, are we? Do we have a lot of red hats? You know, <laughs> you can't ask those questions. So unfortunately, some people yelled that um, at the game, and then the Mexican fans threw bottles at the American players who did go cheer in their section. And you saw Reina got wiped out by a uh, yes. by a coke bottle. He got he got, <laughs> got completely knocked out, which is. My man still got up, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that. look, in general, <clears throat> this is terrible to see. You don't want uh, anybody throwing anything. I think for some reason, you know, we were talking about it uh, in as far as in the NBA, during the playoffs, we've been seeing it a little bit more since fans have been there. In soccer, this is something we're a little bit more used to. Right. Where we don't get as upset with it. But it, you tell it's a soccer fan at- like a player got spit on, you'd be like, "Yeah." And then what happened? Did he score? I mean, what's the what are we talking about? It's a little different, right? Okay, well, it's part of the supporter experience, right? Right. Well, know? why were they standing so close to those animals? You know? Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's a little different. And obviously, we do not condone spitting on players here on the Cool Kids. Yeah. Christian does, but we've talked about it during the commercial breaks, and he's done. He's over with. Uh, but when you look at the players getting stuff thrown at him. Remember when uh, Landon Donovan got like uh, a sandwich or something thrown at him and he took up somebody took a bite. He put glass sunglasses on somebody threw sunglasses at him and he put which why yeah, would you yeah. throw sunglasses at a soccer player? That makes no <laughs> sense. But like it, it seems like this kind of stuff is a little too common when these two teams play each other. And it's from both sides because we had uh, Rodney Wallace on the show and he was he's still mad about getting uh, drinks thrown out. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? In uh, in Columbus, uh, when uh, when Portland won, uh, when he scored against them. Yeah, it, it, it is the just, but the, but this just scenario. The that there's that there's that conversation of the supporter side and the fan side, and and that is its own. Uh, like we know what's right and we know what's wrong when it comes to that. And you know, a lot of people were arrested. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm seeing a lot. It was probably like five or six. But you know, there, there's literally slow mo. They caught you in 4K, yeah. fam. Like just throwing beers at people. Bro, like, you ain't going nowhere. They locking them doors, bro. <laughs> it's COVID restrictions. What you I don't doing? Know what to tell you, uh, there, there are there are security there. But the, but the the other conversation is is what does this mean now for uh, the United States? This is such a big win. Uh, I mean, the late penalty from Christian Pulisic uh, uh, to and then obviously the stop from Ethan Horvath. The, the, just big against big the moments. veteran, by the way. That wasn't like, yeah, you know, yeah. that wasn't like a kid. And we're talking about the two new eras against each other. I mean, what does this mean for America? It means like there's a newfound confidence. What does this mean for Mexico? They're saying they should have brought in Chicharito. Fam, you need a 33-year-old who plays an MLS to beat the U.S.? <laughs> You're failing, dog. Yeah. Like that's what that means. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe you do. Maybe that's where uh, you know, if if the United States is, is turning things around, uh, maybe that is the the. Then bring I, back look, I'm not, It's going to a lot to. You need it all. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take a lot to to dethrone. I still think you know Mexico is is the 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 best team in, in Concacaf, and it's going to. You still a, think that a, after a they couldn't get it done in a final. 
Yes, yes. They, yeah, this okay, is just one well, final. Christian I mean, hates look, America. I think you heard it here first, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Are you getting something in your ear? That's interesting. You're saying. <laughs> Listen, the Colombia versus Argentina match was wild. You just saw a clip of us uh, reacting to it. I personally did not think Colombia would come back. Uh, in the chat on our Twitch, they were like, the comeback is starting. And I'm like, why is Christian making these people believe this? <laughs> this is going to be horrific. Again, all the Colombian people in the chat, uh, <laughs> giving them hope. Uh, right? But- <laughs> and I was very wrong. What an exciting match. If you don't know, it ended 2-2. Argentina was up 2-0, what it seemed like for forever. And yeah. then Colombia was like, little by little, they brought in some of the Barrio boys. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they made a big old difference. Some of the kids from Boca Junior came in, and what a difference that made. And that's no yeah. James Rodriguez either. Exactly. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been an exciting time. Obviously, watching uh, Comebol uh, return uh, exclusively on Fubo TV. You know wow. how we do, okay? And and which even you're welcome. Some- By the way, shouts to us. We're the ones who made that deal happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. We, we called our homies in Comebol, and I'm like, yo, <laughs> I I know a guy. I think we could get this done. <laughs> his name is Mister Fubo. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't uh, call no, him that to his face. <laughs> uh, but no, it has been cool. So obviously, uh, Comebol is. Uh, you know, the Football TV is the exclusive uh, home uh, uh, to, to watch all the matches at FuboTV.com slash Cooligans. If you don't have Fubo TV and it would like to watch all those matches in it's the crazy. future, and there's a bunch of free matches on FootballSportsNetwork.com, uh, which yeah. is uh, dope too. So we've been uh, uh, watching the games, but this is a, a, a huge result because uh, I, especially w- w- for match day eight. Colombia getting uh, four points out of uh, you know the, uh, the 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 two matches seven and eight is is huge because they they really needed to, to to bounce back. Argentina not as you know uh, scary, but still the the same issue where it Messi's not really creating that many chances, hasn't doesn't get many goals. It's not really like even getting many assists in in international tournaments. Like don't again, you think that's last- a good sign though? Do you think it's a good sign that we're they're starting to move away from the wildly being dependent? Um, I mean, at this, I'm surprised Messi wasn't in goal for penalties in previous <laughs> years. You know, like you kind of no, need to no. move away from Messi. I agree with you that he needs to do something, but it's good that he's not doing everything. I uh, it's like there has to be some uh, healthy balance because right we we criticize. Uh, Argentina, when it's when if they if they lose and Messi doesn't do much, or if they if they win and he only does everything, you know we we always find a way to criticize them. But in, in the, it's but in just a, just the last uh, few matches uh, for Argentina, he's just not. I would I would blame the you know not him. Uh, it, specifically and and credit to uh david ospina who was incredible absolutely incredible. messi did have a bunch of chances uh and and ospina was there to stop all of them but there's still the the, the same issue like if I, uh, messi should be scoring more to help argentina and their defensive issues which is like they were up to nil they should they should have gotten those three points yeah and uh people might not realize this but emmy martinez which i've Rand didn't raved about when he was at Arsenal. Something happens when he's in goal. It seems like at least the defenders, they seem to be a bit more well-placed. When he got injured and, you know, very scary, had to get rushed to the hospital. Luckily, we've heard he's okay. But when he got replaced, I can't remember the guy who replaced him. Those little things, those little things that Emmy Martinez seems to be really good at fall apart. And yeah. that's when you get the opportunity. Because think about it. Colombia's backups scored two unanswered on Argentina. Like, 
Something yeah. happened there. You know what I mean? So when you see something yeah. like that, it's exciting. Also, remember, that fifth place, everyone's trying to avoid that. But there seems to be that crunch between third and, like, sixth. Everyone is in that, like, position, or at least seventh and eighth. Everyone's in that position to potentially fall to that playoff. Nobody wants to do that. So now right. Colombia's in fifth, and you got Uruguay in fourth. Ecuador is now still in third, even though they uh, lost the last two matches. Um, you got Argentina and Brazil. Brazil at the top can't stop winning. It's pretty much them yeah. and everyone else. Exactly. Uh, but then the, the also more news about uh, about Messi, the, it, even also related to Inter Miami. Right. Um, it was if, if people were not aware of the news, Inter Miami. Yes, they got uh, in trouble. They got fined uh, by uh, Major League Soccer for, br- uh, you know, breaking, you know, MLS roster rules and just throwing money around. Which if you I'm don't like, know, you know, it's like people who come to New York for the first time and they drive, they're like, there seems to be a bunch of street signs and they're all saying different things. Yeah, it's built for you to mess up. That's MLS roster <laughs> rules. Like, we trying to get money off them tickets, my G. <laughs> right. The traffic cops are always on every corner. Like, <laughs> yeah. yo, okay. Yeah, but which side should I follow? They're like, no, go ahead, pick one. Pick one. As soon as you walk away, I'll let you know if you did right or not. <laughs> so the um, so the, the, that's at least put in uh, uh, some light or, you know, th- there's been rumors that uh, Lionel Messi was uh, was go- gonna go to Inter Miami because because David Beckham has been saying publicly like we need to bring in these big players like Messi and yeah. but but so now as far as where Messi is gonna go for his club career we we don't know if he's staying at Barcelona uh, if he's going to Manchester City which is why this is why this is important though, because it, of the rumor is in his Barcelona contract is two years at Inter Miami. The rumor is his Manchester City contract, who owns NYCFC, would have him going to NYCFC for two years. Yeah. So okay. we're interested. <laughs> and now maybe we should call and figure out, you know, where he's going. Maybe help guide so that we could get him here in New York. You feel me? As opposed to him going to Miami. Yeah. Jorge Mas also, remember, they got in trouble. And then they asked him, you're the owner of a club that just got in trouble for breaking the rules. And they say, hey, I don't know what the question was, but essentially was like, what are your thoughts on, on, on your ambition? And this is a quote. It's no secret that there are a segment of owners in the league that do not want to spend money, that are okay with the status quo, that are very happy with their financial situation and circumstances because they invested in the league X amount of years ago, and it's just a cash cow. They're clipping coupons, and life is good. That's not why we got into this. We got into this for a very different reason. The homie... They said, sir, you know, we, we see you have a gun. He goes, I also got this AK-47. Like, you know what I mean? He went, he went ham. <laughs> this was pretty wild uh, to see. I mean, you don't he- hear owners talking like this, but this also is probably going to, uh, you know, uh, cause some friction with the other owners. The next owner's meeting is going to be like, yo, Jorge, yeah. George, what's bro, up with Don't that, forget, bro? this is a co-op, right? This is a single entity. <laughs> bro, you all own a portion of the league. You don't, you know what I mean? That's yeah, like yeah. if you're like, well, some of the other condo owners really don't want an in-ground pool inside, in particular the guy below me because he seems to be upset about the water coming through. <laughs> He's like, I want him in gold. <laughs> Shut up. I bought into this building to make a change. Right? I'm ambitious. I'm the only one who wants an in-ground pool in the apartment. You know? Like it's against the rules, dude. <laughs> All right, Alexis, let's get into the Euros. Uh, they are currently underway. Uh, and a reminder, Abby Greensfelder will be with us uh, after this, but let's, uh, before we get there let's talk 
about uh, maybe, uh, you know, if you're an American fan, maybe, you know, kind of new to uh, the European Championship, is there uh, is there any, uh, you know, particular uh, country you, you might want to root for? You have anybody in mind that you would suggest? When I think about an American who doesn't really follow the sport of soccer, doesn't hate it, doesn't follow it, and needs a little something to get them really involved. They need to see okay. something that's going to get them to say, yo, I love this. I want to do this forever. What did that for me was watching Arsenal play incredibly well, win after win after win. They went on a little bit of a run. And from that moment on, I was hooked. So if you want to do that, then you got to watch France. They just won the World Cup. They've gotten mm-hmm. even better. Some of those players are playing at a higher level now. And if Benzema comes back from this little injury he has, they'll be even better than they currently are. And why not watch games in Group F? They got, what, Germany, Hungary, which is going to be an easy match to win, and Portugal. A bunch of big, big countries. I think that's who you watch. You follow You follow France. You enjoy it. You sit back. Pretty much everyone on the team is a model, right? Especially if Giroud plays, right? <laughs> Man, woman, or child is going to be like, I think I should watch this guy more. So I, that's who my that's who my pick is. Okay, I'm going to have to say, you know, especially for if you're a fan of uh, Premier League, which a lot of American fans are, uh, you know, I, I would say Belgium is is the team. I think the easy choice is probably England because a lot of people may know, you know, a lot of superstars, uh, just notable figures on that team. But if you want to have you, you want to be like the more cultured in in your soccer mm. conversations with your friends little hipstery you, you know little hipstery oh you guys are going england that's cute <laughs> <laughs> you say belgium we have you know there's uh, kevin de bruyne there uh he should be returning he might miss the first match um but romelu lukaku after the incredible season uh he's had in Serie A, you have to be excited uh about about uh, you know him showing up he's he's been uh, incredibly important to belgium and also your homie Thierry Henry is on the uh, is on the coaching staff for uh, Belgium, uh, so that is my pick as far as like who I, one. I think they might win the whole thing, and if you want to seem a little you know kind of cool, you know, people are gonna be like, is that the German flag? Oh no 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 no! It looks a look. That's a little, you think. Looks a little similar. Yeah, yeah. But let no, me, no, it's like if the German flag was uh, made on Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if that's offensive to Belgians, but who knows? <laughs> I mean, come on, like we can tell the difference. We're trying to get Americans here, okay? Stop acting like we study your countries. We don't, okay? Uh, but here's my problem with Belgium. Kind of a, a little bit of a data backline. They got two guys named Hazard. You know what I mean? There's too many hazards. You know what I mean? And okay. uh, But I am excited. I think Romelu Lukaku is going to play incredibly. He had an insane season at Inter at Inter Milan. And if, you know, ju- and by the way, I don't know if Jorge Mas is listening. I said Inter Milan, relax. Um, but you, you get you get a striker who's at the highest level of their confidence going into an international competition. That means a lot. That generally means this dude is a bucket. This dude is going to get goals. He's going to be laying it off to the midfielders. They are going to be fun to watch. If they get Kevin De Bruyne back, I think you're right. That is a fun one to watch. Do you have a dark horse at all? Um, I, honestly, I would say the dark horse has to be England, right? I mean, the, the, you the trust the English to put it all together? <laughs> I'm just saying the the, the 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 as far as the dark, you know, dark horse means right. They, that means that they, they might win. Over, <laughs> Yes, I know that. But I'm saying, but if they 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 have the quality to win, can they get over themselves? Can they g- defeat the, the the their own fans who doubt mm-hmm. them? That is their, their biggest if, challenge. If England is going to win, here's how: 
you take away every player's devices. You remove their ability <laughs> okay. to go on the internet. Mm. They are simply yeah. there to play soccer. You are you are living like the Amish. <laughs> no, that, you you are, play soccer. There are no vehicles, no electricity. You got nothing. <laughs> you have nothing besides the soccer ball in front of you and the Euro competition. You do not hear. Phil Foden, I want to see you turning <laughs> but, butter. You but. better be building a barn with you got spare time. <laughs> Because I'm telling you, if you even for one second read the comments or, you know, on, on any YouTube video, if you hear what your own media has to say about you, if you hear what your friends, family and fans have to say about every little thing you do on that pitch, you will never, ever win the Euros because they are relentless yeah. to this poor team. Yeah, I, I I would even say from a media perspective, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that all the newspapers, all, all the outlets make probably make more money from the losses so they probably like want them to lose or want they want controversy because they that that would just uh you know bring up uh uh, more interest for their their own bro uh, i'm I'm surprised the english media journalists aren't getting like sensual photos of other players wives and sending it to the other players phones just to start (laughs) problems so they have something to write about in fact you know, our friend Robbie over at Arsenal Fan TV, he always gets told, oh, you make more money when Arsenal loses. You love when Arsenal loses. And he always has to defend himself. Fam, that's all your media. That's all of England. Yeah, yeah ain't nobody yeah, clicking that. on, hey, we're good. <laughs> Nobody's clicking on that. They're clicking on, did you hear what, I, did you I hear what, it. you know, what uh, this player said, what Trent Alexander-Arnold might have said to, to Phil Foden on the way yeah. off the pitch, you know? <laughs> I learned it from watching you, yeah, Guardian. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's act like the sun doesn't exist. Stop it. <laughs> hey, everybody. This is Alexis. I want to break into the show with a word from one of our sponsors, Live Breathe Football. Uh, absolutely incredible soccer-specific streetwear brand. I'm not exactly sure what category they fit in. I just know that everything they sell is fly and also functional. So if you're like Christian and you play soccer, you want to get this gear. If you're like me and you just want to look fly around the game of soccer, you also want to get this gear. And I can't explain to you how dope Aboon has been to us, the owner of Liberty Football and the designer. He has been a supporter of our show since day one. And it's so dope to see how far the brand has come. Again, Dwayne Wade just wore his shorts. And by the way, he wasn't the only one, okay? I recently took Wifey out on a trip to Puerto Rico, and I had the same exact shorts. And let me tell you something. Nobody stopped me and said, yo, are you Dwayne Wade? But I felt like it. You know what I mean? I felt like a million bucks. I felt like I could dunk. You know what I mean? I felt like I could open my own winery, okay? Wifey was like, why are you Googling Gabrielle Union? I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just preparing myself. You know what I mean? Because I think I'm becoming Dwayne Wade, you know? Uh, But in reality, the shorts are absolutely dope. There's always just the quality of the gear. I can't express enough. He does not. Aboon does not just go out and find shorts and throw his name on it. He designs it from the ground up with you in mind. I look dope as hell in these shorts. And it's hard to get clothes for big dudes that look dope also in streetwear. And his clothes does that. It also looks good on anybody type. It's absolutely incredible. You got to go to livebreathefootball.com and check out his streetwear. It's absolutely incredible. The shorts, the sweats, the, the workout gear, the, the everyday gear. It's all amazing. And if you use the code GULLIEST, you're going to get 15% off. Live, breathe, football, F-U-T-B-O-L, livebreathefootball.com. Go there. Put Gulliest, spend your money. It'll be absolutely worth it. 
Right now, 15% off for using the code GULLY is LiveBreatheFootball.com. Oh, my God, Christian. What is happening? We've got we've gone from begging people to come on the show to now we've got like, you know, movie studio folks <laughs> hopping on the show with us. This is absolutely okay. incredible. We've got we've gone through, you know, just uh, soccer players, uh, uh, soccer adjacent people. Now it's the executives. OK, yeah. we, we need the, the the board needs to come through <laughs> this show. We okay? went from we went from saying, man, I wish someone would invite us to go see a movie every once in a while that has something to do with soccer to bring us an exec. <laughs> and, and I couldn't be more honored uh, to talk to this next guest. Absolutely incredible. Uh she is not only the founder, but also the CEO of Every Woman Studios, which some of you might know from some TV shows that they've uh, made, uh, such as Say Yes to the Dress. But they've produced an incredible documentary about the uh, fight for equal pay with the women's national team. Um, it's called LFG. You know what that stands for. Come on, if you're a fan of the show, you know that this guest is special because normally we would just say those words, but we want to be <laughs> respectful for the one, the only, and pull your car over if you're driving and put your hands together. For Abby Greensfelder, everybody! Abby, what's up? Hi, guys. That was the best <laughs> intro of all time. There you go. I mean, <laughs> I think, I think I'm officially now sports adjacent or soccer adjacent. <laughs> I'm a soccer adjacent executive. Yes. All right. I'm Very much. Put that so. on my bio. I'll be honest. That's that's better than a lot of the executives at USSF. Uh, so it's pretty good. <laughs> it's go. better. Uh, all right, all right. So we're going in with shots fired. Yeah, well, you know it's, it's cool again. So that's going to happen. It's cool no, again. And and l- let's um, you know, this is obviously a very serious subject. Yes. The, the the equal pay fight. This documentary is uh is. Absolutely incredible. We got the, the, the privilege of getting to see it, uh, see a screener. And it, it's, you know, we've, the, the last few years, we've interviewed several of the players. We've had these conversations. It has felt very, you know, we're comedians. We're not trying to, we're trying to add some levity to this conversation. Um, but it is pretty serious. And these, um, this depiction of this fight is, what some of the most emotional, some of the most uh, uh, endearing, and, and and get and to get to the facts and to get to the the actual fight and the details, which is we don't really get to see for the for the most part. We just see Trump tweets and we see the nonsense uh, that that happens on social media. So as far as the, uh, creating this and being a part of this, what was the, what was the experience like, and what was the the exact, I guess, goal for you uh, to be a part of something like this. That's so incredible. Yeah. Um, first, thanks for having me on, guys, and for bringing the levity to to what you do. But as you say, this is an important subject. Um, I The timing of this project was kind of unique in that I had just set up this new company, Every Woman Studios, that's about telling stories by and about women. And... I used to play sports as a kid. I have two daughters. Um, I tracked this story. And when it was announced that the women had filed this gender discrimination lawsuit, I thought to myself, this is a story that must be told. So I approached some of the folks associated with the team to ask, who's telling this story, assuming that someone was? But nobody was, partly because it's very difficult to tell because the story is about these women suing their employer who is the employer they want to work for. But those dynamics, of course, are challenging. And that's part of, I think, why no one was telling the story. But that got me motivated to 
to tell this story, which was not easy to do because so much about it is complex. It's hard to cover a lawsuit in an active lawsuit because there's a lot of attorney client privilege. And as you guys know, because you cover soccer, uh, there are many players on this team and we really wanted to get a sense of the collective. Of course, we couldn't cover everybody and everything. And not all players wanted to be, might not want to be in a documentary, but I think what I'm really proud of, the goal was to tell a story that was authentic to these women and the fight that they have joined collectively to do, and also to tell a story that mirrors this broader point in our culture, which is that the issue of equal pay exists. Women are still not paid equally to men. And I think it's something that every person can relate to. And this story for me very much felt like one of the big stories for women in our culture at this moment. And so I wanted to find a way to tell it that was personal and also emotional and moving and factually, you know, explain the stakes. And so I went about the process of putting together a team that would tell the story right and partnered with some amazing filmmakers, Andrea Nick Fine and Sean Fine, who are great at telling these kind of personal stories. And so I think we achieved, I personally think we achieved the goal of telling this broader story that's more broadly resonant, but also feels intensely personal. I I saw an interview somewhere where you had talked a little bit about how you started and you uh, mentored under a woman who ran a production company in the UK. And you had Mm -hmm. said that uh, that was rare at that time. Um, And you run uh, a woman owned and founded a full service media company. Um, talk a little bit about the parallels between sort of what you had to go through to get to where you are and what some of these women are going through. But also, it seems like there's a parallel with the Jess McDonald story as well of sort of this woman who is trying her hardest to provide for her child and sort of, you know, getting to these these peak moments of success, but finding it difficult to still earn that income that gives her a little bit of a uh, sort of a settled, uh, relaxed, maybe a bit more life. Yeah, I definitely relate personally to the story, I think as many women will, and people generally, anybody who feels like they haven't been paid equally for the same work as somebody else. Right. Um, but coming up through the media industry as a woman, and I did have a lot of opportunity, but I also saw that there weren't a lot of women running production companies. I came up through the unscripted business, which is, you know, making documentaries and nonfiction shows. And So at this point in my career, I really feel like having had this sort of good run that I wanted to start a company that not just told these kinds of stories because I'm in a, I feel like a place of privilege where I can help make stories happen, but also to support other women in the business so that they can have their own production companies or create diverse and different kinds of stories because the stories the stories often start at that production company level. We're the ones that come up with the ideas. So if we don't have diverse folks helming those companies, the stories won't be as diverse. So that's the idea of Every Woman Studios is creating sort of a place where these kind of diverse and female-focused stories can, can be told. And in terms of the Jess story, I think you totally nailed it, that her struggles are so relatable that in order to do the job that she loves, that she is so good at, she has had to make a series of really tough personal decisions, how to be a single mom and care for her child. 
And when I was early in my career, I actually left my corporate job because it was impossible for, for me to have a flexible work schedule managing a big team in a corporate environment. And that's actually part of why I started my own business. Because I thought, well, if I can be my own boss, I'm going to create the kind of culture where any individual can be a whole person. So they can be a parent and leave when they need to leave. You know, they can have an outside life. And that was important to me. So I think, you know, as women or as individuals, we want to be able to be parents, have lives, and do the work that we love. And I think this movie shows that equality is more than a paycheck. It's about being valued. And part of that is valuing the whole person. Well, I mean, I, I, I think that's a creating that kind of a work environment is uh, is a bold uh, thing. You know, I, I, our parents would say, like, uh, you know, that's ridiculous. Why would you, you need to work? You need to right. suffer <laughs> and struggle uh, because right. that's the way things are. My mother's like, what do you mean you're relaxing on the weekends? You know, go to <laughs> go to a factory and hand in an application. Uh, different, different person, different era. <laughs> I, I also wanted to ask about the just the 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 celebrity of these uh, these players i don't know what your yeah. c- connection was to um american soccer before this uh <laughs> i thought you were gonna ask like how cool is megan rapino <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. yes. <laughs> megan is very cool yeah unsettlingly I mean, cool we can when, confirm. when you meet her you just she has that cool factor yeah right? she right. just has it well, I, She's um, such a badass. Yeah, I, I yes. want to ask about just because you know we we did uh, you know Megan Rapinoe has been on this show. We've yeah. we've we've done a, a, a live event with her in Charlotte, and I would argue I've never been around a more famous person. Meaning, there, I mean the the the. It, it, it might have. It was like a if the Spice Girls were coming out. You know what I mean? Like the, <laughs> right, the crowd right. was losing their absolute mind. Yeah. And but working with with and, and she's also one of the most humble people you will ever meet. Yeah. But just the, the star level. What what I really loved about the uh, the documentary was just really seeing in detail the camaraderie uh, amongst the players. You know, Megan Rapinoe doesn't put herself above uh, a Sam Mewis. Uh, she knows I think her responsibility and the, and her her celebrity, but there really is something to be said about the connection all the players had and being just aware of the moment and using that celebrity uh, for a positive change. Yeah. I think that these women understand the power of the collective. And I actually think it's a great model for women and people everywhere. If you can band together their skill as a team, just like on the field, they all know their roles. They know what they're powerful at. They know how to leverage their teammates in this fight for equal pay, and hopefully it comes across in the movie, and I think that it does, they each play different roles. And they actually organize themselves very strategically with different roles. Different people were sort of on the committee to run the lawsuit, for example. And other people have different roles. Someone like Sam Mewis, who you mentioned, who's a real rising star on this team, is an incredible player, um, but also a real leader and really sort of stepped up to have a real active role on this leadership legal committee. So what I love about this is it kind of, we see what it looks like to create a collective movement. They all did it together. And I think that's really important. And for anybody who wants to make change, doing it with others in lockstep has always been the way when you look at movements over time and how we've pushed progress forward culturally. Often it takes a group collective decision and experience to make change. 
Was there, I mean, the team is pretty big and obviously there's players that come in and out. Um, you mentioned a bunch of players and obviously if uh, for people will get to see the movie, it comes out, uh, it actually premieres at the Tribeca Film Festival. Congrats on June 17th and everyone will get to watch it on HBO Max on June 24th. And I suggest you do because it's incredible. We got a screener. We're pretty important. Um, we got to see it early. But so in watching it, we got to see a lot of interviews with a lot of players. Was there anyone that you tried to get that didn't work out? I mean, definitely one of the challenges, of course, as you guys know, because you cover soccer, everybody's so busy. Yeah. And they're playing for country. They're playing for their professional teams. They have lives. So for some people, understandably, I mean, on some level, we would have loved to have covered everybody on the team because they're all incredible. But we had to, from just production standpoint, focus on some individuals and part of our choice there was individuals also had a very active hand in the lawsuit because that was the thrust of the story we were following. So, you know, Becky Sarabron, Sam Mewis, Kelly O'Hara, Megan Rapino, Kristen Press. Uh, those guys really formed some of the central group that was involved with this lawsuit. So they and, and Jess, who is named to the lawsuit, but we felt it was important to get in the story someone who is kind of a contract player and pulled into both the national team and the lawsuit and kind of to give that picture of what it's like to be a pro player right. at this moment in in soccer because she's someone who was not a regular on the national team but who got called up for the World Cup and who just has an incredible story. So we felt like how could we tell the collective story through a couple individuals who represented the whole and and those women are so amazing individually and collectively. They all come from different places. They play different positions, both on the field and off the field. But they all speak so eloquently, I think, about their their journey and why it matters to them. Yeah, I mean, Jess's story in particular, uh, you know, it was what we were at the NWSL championship when the, the Courage oh, yeah. won. Uh, and just seeing, you know, and we like, you know, we're pressed and we're like taking photos and videos and seeing how happy she was and with her son. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, it, ma it makes me think about like as comics, you know, I mean, there was a year I probably made like twenty one thousand dollars, and I'm like, and then I hear she she mentions like she uh, that she made fifteen thousand dollars in one year as a professional player, and I'm like, how that it was it was that year was really hard for me, and I can only imagine having six thousand dollars less than that and a child and being a and professional being a single mom and being yeah. a single mom, and she was MVP as you guys know of the NWSL. Yeah. She was named one of the best players of the pro league. It's right. So these are these aren't just any women we're talking about. These are the best women at this game in the US and objectively the best at this game in the world because they have the most, you know, winningest streak of any team at any time. So exactly to your point, if these women who are the world beating athletes that they are, if they can't get equal pay and if Jess McDonald's is making fifteen thousand how do we as a culture support women's professional sports? We're not valuing it the way yeah. that we should. And I think progress is being made in the NWSL with new ownerships and people investing in the league and sponsors coming on board. But that's really important to, to show up and value the game. You know, buy a ticket, go to an NWSL game, you know, talk about it as you guys do. Go there because when you see it, it's amazing. 
And more <laughs> people need to go buy tickets, invest. And, and when the consumer watches, you know, watches the game, watches this movie on HBO Max, um, <laughs> you know, it shows the value of what these women represent. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I- I think it adds to what you mentioned before, that, that relatability, you know, which is w- what we hope this show is as well. We're, you know, we're not. You guys we don't are very get into, relatable. That's, that, <laughs> that's the plan, right? You heard the, it here uh, first, folks. <laughs> people are like, oh, he made $20,000 one year? I get it. I get his life. You know, it's funny. You say that, but there's comedians all over the world who were like, wow, he must have had a good year. Because <laughs> comedians also are barely paid. But we don't have those additional responsibilities, at least right. not personally, I, so, that Jess did. I want to get your um, your take at least on kind of what's going on now. I mean, it, th- what I did love is is the the storyline of of kind of what happened. You know, Carlos Cordero, the open letter, uh, um, kind of him leaving, all, all these things. The real like at the moment, right now, the last thing, uh, last update I'm aware of. You know, U.S. Soccer, the new uh, president Cindy Parlocone had mentioned that that they made an offer that they um, basically said that they will uh, pay for any uh, match that U.S. soccer controls. They will be equal pay between the men and the women. But anything that basically is World Cup that FIFA handles, that they can't they can't match those, uh, uh, you know, that that level of pay and that they won't be able to match the, the back pay for that. And from what we understood, that was rejected. But what is your uh, perspective on it? Because to, uh, I, I would say to the layman, that seems like a, a reasonable offer. But why is why why re, not necessarily why reject that? Because I don't want you to speak for U.S. For the women's national team. But why is at least the that that. Does that seem like a good faith offer uh, from your perspective? Yeah. Well, in terms of sort of the latest, and we cover this a, lit, a little bit in the coda of the film, you yeah. know, the women and, the, and U.S. soccer settled on these working, class, working conditions, right? So fields, travel, hotels, all that kind of stuff. That was part of the case that was brought. So that was settled, which was really positive. Um, but what's still, as you said, kind of out out there is the question of pay and how the pay structure is set up. And um, really at this point, none of those things that you mentioned, those have not been public. And we as uh, storytellers and filmmakers weren't privy to those conversations. So, I mean, some of that has been in the media, et cetera. I think that really, you know, I know that from following this story and hearing from the women for sure, the, the hope and the issue is anything short of equal pay to them does not feel acceptable. Um, at this moment, because as, as of this date, you know, I'm looking, what day is it? June, June 9th. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, they've not come to any kind of settlement. So absent doing that, they have filed, the women have filed for an appeal for the, the summary judgment that was made. And have, as we said in the coda of the film, have hired a woman named Nicole Saharsky to run their appeal, who's kind of a badass in her own right, uh, argued more cases in front of the Supreme Court. So I don't know where it will end up. It was one of the challenges, to be honest, in telling the story from the beginning, because when we started, we didn't know where this case would go. And I think following it as kind of an insider and... I'm someone, I love soccer, I follow the game and stuff. So you think, well, 
surely these parties will come to agreement along the way because nobody, as you see in this, it's hard to, it's hard to do this. I think Kristen Press at one point says like it distracts you from your game, right? Yeah. Nobody yeah. wants to be suing your employer, especially the one that you've worked all of your life to work for. Like this is where you want to be working, right? And on the flip side, surely U.S. soccer doesn't want to be in conflict with their prime asset, this winningest team in the world, right? But I don't know where it will net out. I hope, I genuinely hope for both parties that they get to a place that both feel good about because it does feel like, you know, they, the women deserve equal pay. And, and certainly as from a U.S. soccer perspective, I think investing in this game, the women have proven that there's a market here. You know, so being able to sort of invest in the game, invest in the women, that's going to all create positive yeah. momentum moving forward. And, and just to kind of affirm that point, yeah. uh, we always say this, uh, the, the episodes that we do with the women's soccer players are always higher rated than the men's soccer players. It just literally always happens. The, the support, the fan base, the energy is, is just, I mean, the numbers just show it. It's so there. It, it's, it's huge, huge fan base. Yeah. And because partly because of their success and also, you know, they are just they've got the swagger. I mean, part of what it creatively with uh, Sean and Andrea, the directors of the film and my production partners, one of the things creatively we're thinking about is what should the title of this movie be? And the last documentary that was made about the national team was called Dare to Dream. And when thinking about the title of this film and wanting the story to be in their words and really told by them, LFG just rose to the top. Because this group of women, to the point about why people love them, they're not daring to dream. They're not asking. They're demanding <laughs> equality. Yeah. And there's some Yeah, they're kicking the door there. down of your dream. And they're there's like, a badassness there <laughs> that only an expletive, yeah. you know, kind of speaks to that's their rallying cry so i think there's something about this group that tonally is a departure from where even movements for women have been in the past it's kind of the we're worth it yeah I would love to see the whiteboard where there were like the other name suggestions, like "fuck you, pay me." And they're like, "Well, that's a little rough." He did it. Money. Yeah. We were gonna try not to swear, but you just did it. Yeah, I mean, they'll bleep it out. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, okay. Yes. I want yeah, everyone yeah, to remember. <laughs> I want everyone to remember that this uh, premieres Thursday, uh, June seventeenth, at the Tribeca Film Festival. Absolute uh, congratulations on that. I know how hard that is, and uh, everyone can watch it on HBO max on june 24th so i suggest you do it's absolutely incredible especially if you watch the show you know all the cast of characters in this film so you might as well do it um it's absolutely impressive uh so abby thank you so much uh, uh for joining is there anything else that you want to let uh, uh people know about before we sign off no i'm just i appreciate you having me on i i think people should vote with their eyes watch the movie um we'll be Every Woman Studios, um, our production company is at Every Woman Studios on all social media. We'll be posting some stuff there. My partners change content and propagate. We're just thrilled to do this. And I have to give a shout out to, to HBO Max and CNN Films, our partners, because they stepped up 
and believed in the importance of telling this story. And as you guys know, as people that are out, you know, doing what you're doing, it's, you got to have people believe in what you're trying to do and, and get it out to people. And they're doing that in a big way. And that means a lot to us and to the women, you know, who really took a, took a leap to let us make this film. For sure. Okay. Uh, and I just want to add you, Alexis mentioned up top that you had uh, one of the creators of Say Yes to the Dress. Yes, so I can, I, uh, I can talk to you and, and really just blame you for the anxiety that my current fiance oh, has gosh. right now about, I'm so <laughs> about sorry. picking She hopes someone dress. asked the question about the dress so she could say yes to it. Yes. <laughs> I would say, is yeah, yeah, it yeah, A-line, a of... mermaid cut, or what's the... <laughs> you, okay, have you I'm watched go get enough her. episodes you can talk to, to know the difference? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to. That's your new documentary. You got to follow now, Christian. Yes. From say yes oh, to the goodness. dress to say yes to equality. Ah, that there is, you go. Boom. Very that nice. is how we'll end Put it this. on a shirt. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> All right. We have a couple uh, other pieces of business before we wrap up. We have to get to our Galasso gift. Uh, this is your opportunity. We will give you a scenario. You can celebrate a goal that we will turn into a gift on uh, on this show. So, Alexis, do you have a scenario that you uh, uh, would like Absolutely. to give Abby? Absolutely. You happen to be sitting in the court uh, when you hear the gavel hit and the reading uh, that says, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> the women are found, uh, the, whatever the judge decides on the women's side, and equal pay will happen across all of soccer. And that is the beginning of all that. You, knowing there's a bunch of soccer players here, you decide to celebrate the same way they would if they <laughs> scored a goal. How would you celebrate in that court? I'll say... <laughs> victory perfect. perfect perfect okay just uh, uh just blow a kiss to all the haters that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> uh awesome abby greensfelder thank you so much for joining us uh everybody follows uh, and support again watch uh, lfg uh support every woman studios uh and you can follow us at soccer cooligans on all social channels follow at fubo sports uh as well and subscribe to the fubo sports youtube channel for more clips and full episodes of the show uh okay uh abby let us end the show the way we normally do as this tradition so okay. uh please join us uh, in this so for abby greensfelder my name is christian polanco i'm alexis guerreros and together what are we the, the cooligans, cooligans!